if you start thinking that you deserve something, <laughs> then that's your downfall. Discipline stoners. What's your discipline? You a stoner? That's cool. So are we. I'm high a lot. It's weird to finally say that with pride. I'm high a lot. Being high has helped me with my anxiety. It's helped my social skills. Living from anger town. This plant just helped me chill out. Found focus. Found confidence. All of a sudden, I was productive. Less protective. More progressive. Yeah, we talk about stuff like I'm a next sommelier. But this is about a medicine, baby. We wish everyone a mindful life. It's been a helpful tool for us. Whatever the route to peace, it's each individual's journey. And the more we communicate, maybe we can all help each other out. Love and light. Welcome to Discipline Stonish Podcast. With your host, Eleven. And my name is Winnie. And we are the gateway drug to mindfulness. Welcome back, back to another, another episode of Discipline Stoners. Stoners. I'm your host, Eleven. My name is Winnie, and, and we, we are, are the gateway drug to mindfulness. And today, <gasps> yo, our next guest <laughs> is a multidisciplinary artist. Oh my god! Really, um, getting that juice in the director aspect of the disciplines. He's directed over 20 films. He's a producer, executive producer, writer, actor. He is a comic nerd and a movie, beyond movie buff. I'm so excited, honored, and thrilled to introduce Andrew Simic. Thanks, guys. I'm pretty sure that wasn't the bio. <laughs> no, you. your bio was bullshit. We ask people, we ask people to give us their bio so we don't have to do that work. <laughs> and and also because we want to get better at our introductions, if we're being totally honest. Um, but uh, no, his bio you. just wrote back, directed over 20 films. <laughs> and I was like, this is... Sometimes that's what it feels like. Yeah. You know? We have trapped the most humble man in the universe to tell him how much we admire him. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a great but also difficult interview because, bro, you, in my eyes, have fulfilled and manifested a life of destiny that, oh my God, is so beautiful. You're so humble and focused on your craft. I can't wait to dive into it. But first, I just want to say, how you doing? I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm, it's, uh, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Andrew and I met on a my very first feature film called The Door, um, and we've had his wife on the show, Brigitte Kingsley. She's amazing, actress, producer, writer as well. And um, and you were director of photography on that film. And <laughs> Well, Winnie, actually, I was the editor on that movie. I and I, did, I forgot. That. I did set. Oh my god! As I'm well. remembering now. So what? The reason why you think that I was the director of photography was because, um, so, on that specific shoot, I think this is kind of um, 
a microcosm for my entire career. That shoot, I was brought on board as an editor, uh, and I saw pretty quick that um, the days were going, like, after two days, we were already a day and a half behind <laughs> on that shoot. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, every indie produced film ever? Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Um, seeing that, I got away from the computer and decided to help push it along kind of as an AD. Yes. So I was on set pretty much for the rest of it there. Right. I actually remember yeah. that now. So. That's what happened. And you just do what needs to be done and fill in the gaps and move it along. That's why, like, bro, like, you're tapped into harmony. It's funny when we talked about praying and you're like, I'm good here. You see from the lens of, like, a higher perspective and just do what needs to be done. I think that became, uh, that started out as a necessity, right? So, I mean, when we started out, Brigitte and I started out making movies, um, we realized pretty quickly that they cost a lot of money. <laughs> um, so if I could learn how to do every person's job, <laughs> then I wouldn't necessarily require them, it, should they leave. Now, this happened okay. actually on a couple of our first projects where I felt like the budget, you know, that we were paying people were, you know, a decent wage, but commercials, you know, pay more. And some people in key positions were like, okay, we understand that we signed on board your project, but this once in a lifetime commercial where I'm going to make a, you know, a lot of money. They can't prioritize it in a fiscal world. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's put it bluntly. Yeah. And so I was left uh, without key personnel in some of our projects. This gotcha. required me to learn those skills to, if that ever happened again, I wouldn't blink. Bro. Um, and that has served me well. I, I like to learn, so learning new skills and- Shocker. And, um, <laughs> it, you know, it keeps me busy. Um, so, so in that case, it's like, okay, well, um, this movie uh, wasn't hitting its schedule. So I was like, okay, let's, I can, I can help push it along. So. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So, and then since that project, uh, yourself and Brigitte have given me most of my opportunities. <laughs> You're a blessing. You're- yeah, you've been such a blessing in my life. Um, but also, like, uh, thank you. Thank yeah, thank you. I want to know um, when you like when you really started to geek out in terms of. Uh, film and like was that always something like did your family grow up in film or or did you watch movies with your family or where did this love for film come from I mean I think that it's kind of I always loved movies the first movie I saw that I remember in theaters was The Empire Strikes Back uh, at Cinesphere so it was on the huge screen it had such an impact on me you know the good guys lose at the end of that movie um but I always wanted to be a hockey player when I started. Whoa. Know? It's like, I, you know, but I guess you could say I was, I want to look back and say I was very self-aware and knew I wasn't going to make the NHL, but I don't think that's the case. I just got older and realized that time has passed by. Yeah. But at, in high school, my friends and I would, you know, pick up the video camera and we loved those, you know, 80s movies, Star Wars, Back to the Future. Like that was... Uh, you know, what we loved and we tried to emulate that as best as possible. And as soon as the school projects required a, you know, a a video project, that was it. Mm -hmm. Fell in love with that. And, and also filmmaking is one of those things where it's similar to sports in that you have a team 
that um, is all working towards a common goal. Mm. So it wasn't really like, oh, well, I can be captain of the hockey team and also captain of a filmmaking team. Mm -hmm. And it's similar skills because you're motivating wow. people. Yeah. You're... Um, you have to be resilient. You have to be resilient. Uh, <laughs> Think on physically, physically, too, yes. and, and emotionally. You, you got to stick to a strategy, but know how to shift gears <clears throat> when shit goes wrong. Call audibles. Yeah. yeah. Ex 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 especially as a director, you yeah. need to be able to improvise. I was very, a quarterback. I totally get that. Yeah. It's like, we're about to get creamed in the left. Forget that play. Forget it. Move, <clears throat> move on. Yeah. How do we um, keep going forward to finish the project? And I think very early in high school, I was like, uh, you know, that first, the funny thing is, is like that first video project, we went all out and people loved it. And all of a sudden you're getting all this attention like, hey, did you see that guy's video? That was really good. Yes. And then that gets addictive. Oh, right? bro, doesn't Talk ever. About for it. their so, applause. For the applause, right? So you try to do, oh, well, I'm going to keep doing that, keep doing that. And, and you start learning about the art. And then I had went to York University to study film. Okay and really fell in love with the theory um, aspect of filmmaking and then but also realized like the the business the gatekeeping aspect of filmmaking as well like classic hollywood type. yeah yeah i mean you feel it right in university right totally um my second year professor you know there's there's the art films and there's the films that you know i want to say hollywood makes but the, right now we're at a pretty good um stage where I think there's a good mix of mm -hmm. things that get Agreed. through. Um, but, you know, back in the back then, um, I really wanted to make Hollywood style movies. Like I said, Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, you know, Star Wars. And my scripts would kind of um, tend to be similar to those. And mm -hmm. I remember the my second year professor was like, Andrew, no one wants to see your Hollywood crap. Oh, and, <laughs> fuck. And so I'm like, and that's the person who is um, in charge of green lighting the project even as a student Fuck. so I realized I wasn't going to convince her that to make the movies that I wanted to make so instead I became an editor and that's where mm. I started where I was like well editing is, is as close to directing because you're going to see what the other people screwed up oh. and, and how to fix and what to avoid a well-edited film, an editor can fix a film or an editor can completely make shit out of 100%. it. hundred percent. Like, it, yeah. it's so important. It's, of course, you would kind of, like, intuitively feel your way into, like, I'll sit here to start because Even for so performances, much. Yeah. Right? Perform actors' performances are made and broken in the editing room. Timing, so, seconds. Yeah. You are so crazy good at, like, creating in through that lens. It's amazing. I appreciate all fucking the, the, the compliments. Fucking shit. Crazy good is, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I uh, have directed over 20 feature films. <laughs> so. Yeah, that it comes with that. So, sorry, Wayne, go ahead. Well, I'm switching gears a little bit. Okay, I just want to geek out about editing, but go ahead. <laughs> it is about editing, actually. I wanted to know, so you started as an editor, and then obviously, like, your the movies that you make, like, vary in genre. So have you, like, created different styles of editing based on on the genre of the film? Not really. When I'm, when I'm sitting down to edit, um, you know, obviously in the romantic comedies, there's not a lot of action scenes, right? So it's just a different editing style. I think mostly my um, thought process is to always protect the actors. 
mm-hmm. and to get the proper emotion from the scene for the actors, especially in like the romantic comedies, is because that's really all anyone really cares about is yeah. that performance and making sure there's a connection. And a lot of times, I mean, you know that on set, it's difficult to have a real connection with the other actors because just the nature of filmmaking doesn't really allow for it. You're, you're sometimes block shooting and you're shooting the entire conversation on one side and then you, you flip the other way and you're shooting a different scene. Well, the editor has to create that either tension or, you know, uh, romance or, you know, whatever. So I kind momentum. of momentum, you're always, as an editor, you sit down, you're like, okay, how, what is the goal of this scene and how do I accomplish that? So in, in every, because every project is not only different, but every scene that you've shot has probably struggled in one way or another. Mm. So you have to fix the issues that mm. arise in that scene. So it's, it's, as long as you have a, I feel like a good base in the theory of why things work, then you can kind of say, okay, well, let's make this scene work. Mm. And then also know that once you have delivered your version of your edit, you will then send it to someone else who will say, okay, take this out, take this out, take this out. And then you have to adjust your edit once again. Because just because you shot it a certain way doesn't mean that that scene serves its purpose in the movie like you thought it would. Oh, yeah. Right? So that's why it's like, oh, why'd you cut that scene out? Well, because the story didn't actually require it and we need it to be 86 to 88 minutes. Fuck. So there's a lot of different things. It's not just an art. You gotta like get good at killing babies. Absolutely. <laughs> there is there is that, that, you know, kill your darlings where even yeah. in writing where you're like, if you're, if you're playing, if, you, if you're, you're holding on to something so much because you love it, mm. but it doesn't serve the purpose of the entire, you know, the story or the, the plot line, um, and this, is, this comes from experience of dealing with different movies where I'll, I'll submit cuts and the notes that come back will be like, nobody cares except for one and two, <laughs> right? And basically your actor's one and two. Yeah. And if it doesn't affect the plot, mm. right? So it's... Prioritize. I mean, and I prefer those blunt conversations than, well, let's just kind of beat around the bush to figure out what you don't like about the project. Just tell me what the deal is. Ugh. But if you know that, then you're like, okay, so when I'm editing, you can kind of say, okay, so if it's focused on one and two and it's, you know, dealing with the emotion and attraction and relationship, you keep it, um, everything else can go. And you'd be surprised at how, how far the story can bend before it breaks. So how mm. much you can lose. Um, Ooh, and, I like that. And as things you know i feel like progress it's like at our budget level the attention span of the audience you want to keep them you know going yeah Yeah. uh, because you don't want them to tune out so it's it's every project is different like i tend my passion projects are tend to be a little longer because i do love indulge a bit yeah Yeah. um and it's also i guess more there's more personality because i get to indulge in that because you know which is fun. People love that. When you edit out, you're also removing a lot of that personality. You're you're making it a little more 
you know, not colder, but trim the fringe. Right. Yeah. And sometimes that fringe is what makes something special. Yeah. So. Mm. It's the bridge you'd I'd have to cut out for radio. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, but it Absolutely. was so fun. We got to hang out for a minute before we went back to the chorus. <laughs> we used the fucking chorus one more time. <laughs> um, yo, that's like like that. That was like a filmmaking. 101 and passion. It's like you have this vision that you follow and you're guided by and you can just like allow the cards to follow where they may. And I think a lot of creators get lost in the details where it's kind of like you're surfing towards this vision, which you have like a well-developed imagination to see. You're like seeing through your mind's eye. Do you meditate? Do you, why did you develop that? Or how? Hmm. Well, when I was, I, I feel like it's changed. Okay. Actually, like how the creative process has changed. Developed. When, yeah. Like when I was, I'm not sure if it's developed because, well, let, let's let's start here. Um, when I started out, the creative process was very um, like spiritual, if okay. that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Where it would be like in the dreamscape, and you know, images and stories would kind of come to me at night, and like. I remember we were doing this um, movie called Medium Raw, and it, it centered around a, a killer that wore this metal wolf costume. And I just didn't know how the wolf costume worked. Uh, like, I, I knew what it, it was kind of in my visions, but I didn't understand how it would work. And Like, how to bring it to life yeah. logistically, like, to actually right. build it. And it's like I had, I had conversations with people about why this comes to people. It's like there's certain archetypes of, like, the vision of the wolf that has, you know, hunted yeah. us for you know, millennia, you know, that kind totally. of thing. Like yeah. So why does it come to you in dreams, right? Totally. But um, yeah. back then, I, so I remember I had gone, you know, I had gone to sleep and I woke up at like, you know, two o'clock in the morning and I just started drawing. And I was drawing the wolf costume. And then I went back to sleep and I woke up the next day and there was a drawing um, of the wolf costume that was what we built for the movie. Wow. So that was kind of, and, uh, and when I was, you know, my first couple scripts, I was very much like, okay, here's the premise, and then I'm just going to write it, and I'm going to start from the beginning, and I'm going to finish ending at the end. And, like, let's see what this character says in this scene. And I was along for the journey of those characters while I was writing it. And then you kind of go back and you do rewrites. But now um, I tend to structure things a lot more. I, I tend to be like, okay, because now I have the experience of how to make movies. It's not just a, a pure creative experiment. Mm. It's more of, okay, so if I want to shoot this, how do I create this? And instead of it being along the lines of, um, you know, like a, just tapping into some source, it's more of an internal discussion where I'm like, okay, if I'm dealing with something in my life or I'm having questions about something, this is that movie that is going to tackle those questions. Right? So, te so technical introduced itself and incorporated into your perspective in the way where you're like, application rather than just like infinite expression. Well, and yeah. when, you know, yeah, when you're so younger, cool. you have less like physical experience, right? So maybe it's out of necessity that we have to use that connection, whatever, imagination, however it comes to us. But you've lived life now, and you've had all of these experiences. It's a really kind way of saying you're old. 
<laughs> hey, you've had experience. It happens. It happens to the luckiest of us. Yeah, that's right? right. What a blessing. But I hear you because trust me, I've been going through it with some like physical not for acceptance. Of, not for the faint of heart. I'm no, telling you that you're in, here for the fulfilling, in enriching experience, cool. which actually kind of allows a bridge to another incredible, fascinating thing about you. Um, is is your relationship with the lovely bee mm-hmm. and your guys' time spent together and the way I see you guys build each other up to um, serve the roles that you feel fulfilled doing, acting, directing, g- getting the business sorted out, getting the creative sorted out, to watch you guys work together fills my heart with so much love to see that happen and manifest and gives me so much hope for what me and Winnie can build really honestly mm-hmm. like you are like just the spitting image of like harmony I know you probably have well everyone has words once in a while but like never. can bless <laughs> 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 okay yeah keep it keep it G keep it in um, no but um, please can you let us you, you've been with your partner for for how long and a little bit of how you guys have built this film thing together Defiant uh, Defiant Empire now Good Soldier Films Good Soldier Films um, and now Northern Soul Film Company with um, with Patrick McBrady as well. Yeah, shout um, out Pat. Yeah, uh, it's hard to not gush yeah. over B. I mean, um, I know. It's uh, we got to have her back on. Actually, it's kind of funny because you know Take we some pressure we, off you for a we minute. actually <laughs> um, we actually just celebrated eighteen years. I and, saw uh, that. Um, I don't even know married. what to say to you guys other than congratulations <laughs> and I love you. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, it, it, it's, um, we started this journey together and I've always said that uh, it's infinitely better to have two people working at, to a common goal um, than one. Um, she has always focused more on the business aspect. She's very social. She likes to go uh, networking. I hate that. <laughs> The fact that I'm here is like <laughs> we are so grateful, so ridiculous. We're, we're, we are aware of that and so grateful. I know. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I've tenderly over months laid. The <laughs> I love you guys too, though. So it's um, but uh, with um, and with myself, I was always more technical and creative, and um, and that has basically allowed us a, a very good partnership where we kind of don't. When we started, we didn't step on each other's toes, right? But with any partnership over time, I feel like that has to change as well. So, um, at you know, Brigitte started to really get into the writing, mm-hmm. and I was like pushing her to be like, "Yes, do this. You can write. You've edited the the scripts. You've you know worked with me in the edit room. You c- there's nothing to stop you." from doing it. We're in a position where if you write something, we will make it. It's that simple. Um, so she started writing it and that was Christmas by Chance. It was the first yes! thing that she um, she wrote that we cast Winnie in. Love. And I, I so thought cool. it was a great script and um, you know, and we did that. And, and now I'm at the point where I'm slowly trying to get her to um, direct. Yes. Because I feel like one of the things as we get older is that experiencing of new things and learning new skills that kind of keeps you young. Oh, and um, yes. that's one of those things where I'm like, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, you know, bridge, 
maybe I'm not the director to be learning from, but this is why I do this, right? And this is why I do this, and, and, and this is why I don't do this. And there are plenty of times on set, this is kind of one of the, um, the best and I guess most fulfilling parts is dealing with actors mm-hmm. as a director, but also understanding, you work with actors of varying degrees from novice to professional, right? Yeah, skill-wise, yeah. So how do you manage that for different people on set? And that's one of the things where I'm trying to, you know, kind of show Brigitte that it's like, thank you. Um, You know, you can only push a novice actor so much before they break, and then the entire performance breaks. Whereas a professional, you can, you know, definitely, that, that, that muscle tool yeah. is, is, you know, more experienced. But again, it's like, for us, it's, it's one of those things where it's really benefit us. She's there to support me. I'm there to support her. And it's just been, I mean. It's definitely like an, uh, an archetype slash blueprint for us. <laughs> like, it's beautiful to see. And to see B and you guys and know that you're such great actors, but to see you. Yeah, are you going to act more, take mister? Roles, I hope so. <laughs> We're going to cast you in yeah, something eventually. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, you know what? what about the, this expanding the, your skills business is, is you're talking we'll about? We'll get him in his 60s. <laughs> when, I, um, when I did Night Cries, so Night Cries was the one movie that um, I, I was dealing with um, stages of grief, like trying to figure out um, how to move forward from stages of grief. And I had written Night Cries and Country Crush at the like a, a similar time. Okay. They both deal with stages of grief. Wow. Uh, country Crush is, you know, a country musical, very different. Um, and it basically deals well with this, uh, this concept of, you know, bad things happen to you, but how, how the, you know, in a month from now when you're happy, that bad thing still happened to you. How are you happy when you know that a bad thing is gonna happen to you just down the road? So it's like these cycles <laughs> Where of you know uh, positivity and, and this concept of well and the sun also rises the next day right yes. um, so that was country crush and then night cries also was about this you know the cycle of grief where if you don't allow yourself to heal from grief then you'll forever be in hell um, your pain and that's yeah an actual an action thriller and I was always going to act in that because I mean this may sound kind of ridiculous but I was also going through like this concept of Legacy, uh, mm. B and I don't have children. Our legacy is our movies. Mm. And this concept of um, when, when we're gone, what do we leave behind? I think that's, that's something that all people kind of struggle with in one way or another. Totally. If not, I mean, that's, you totally. must sleep really easily. <laughs> <laughs> um, Congratulations. But you know, this, this, this idea of, you know, what am I contributing to the world and what am I leaving for people and so I, I was kind of this is kind of going into the creative process a bit where I, it kind of intrigued me where you know if you ask someone you know down you know across the world who Luke Skywalker is they'll have a pretty good idea of who Luke Skywalker is yeah that, that Luke Skywalker is not a real person he met his father late in life that's <laughs> all we know but, but he's not a real person no but they're ta- they'll they'll describe him as if he's he's a real person. Right. Now, if you ask that person across the world who Andrew Simic is, they'll have no idea. <laughs> right. So it's but that had a basis in terms of well how 
if I'm constructing this movie where Brigitte and I are playing husband and wife, and it's about this husband who loves his wife so much that he'll travel into hell for her, and this movie's released, when we're gone, that movie still exists. So those characters are more real than us. Mm. And that's the story that I'm leaving. You know, so, I mean, like, that, is that was awareness. one of those things where that was an interesting moment. I got to act in that. I got to act everything that I wanted to do. It and told I just the prefer story. directing and writing. And you know what? When, like, the one I really love working with you like I re no really I do because the last movie that we did together uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it yeah go for it um, my boss's wedding too um, I play a supporting character in that and like you said there's a format to these films and if it's not about one and two no one can no one gives a shit <laughs> but I really like my characters um, that I play and when you I'm always like looking to you after we cut and when you just say like nice work Winnie I'm like oh like I was looking, I'm, I'm like, I'm looking to you to, because you're, you could actually be an acting coach. You are, you give such good direction to me specifically. I can't talk about like how, how to, other how actors to, how have to get there. Yeah. How to get to yeah. the place and like what you need from me. And like, you've obviously made me look very good on film. So like, I trust you, but I just wanted to say that I like really uh, appreciate the way that you speak to actors and on that's set. such such a, a skill like yeah such, it is like i've received it absolutely is like not good direction more than i have gotten good direction yeah like over like every film project i've been on and like yeah dude that's that's i think that's why a lot of people actually work with acting coaches on the side of of their work their movie their film even though they're being directed is because we need direction <laughs> we, you there's, know. there's i mean there's Thank you, first of all, because I do um, try to take care of the actors as much as possible. Yeah, that shows. Um, but also, on certain projects, you, you may see that our, we run our sets a little bit differently. Um, so good. So that that, the way that we run our sets allows me to really be with the actors, Yeah. be in the trenches Truth. with the actors. And, and to be honest, not all projects are like that. Um, a project that I was hired to do, um, the only time I've been hired to do a project other than the production company that mm -hmm. B and I have founded. <laughs> <laughs> Which is um, make your own opportunities, build the pillar. That's good that's though. So it's, no, it's, it's great. But like, so they brought me <laughs> yeah. up and uh, as a director and you know, Winnie, I'm usually behind the camera, I'm, I'm operating. And my job in this was to specifically direct and sit in the chair, director's chair, and look at the monitor and watch and, you know, do that. I found it very difficult oh. for the first day to not be able to, because if I wanted to talk to the actor, I had to walk 25 feet. Yeah, it was a video you know. village. So usually you're bench pressing like 500 pounds and then you <laughs> go onto this set and they're like, here's some fives, just do curls for a while. And you're like, okay. It, uh, no, you know what <laughs> the funny thing is, is yeah, except those fives are weighed down by like, you know, 5,000 pounds that you don't see. Yeah. Because I'm with like a video village oh, of people right. who are all around me. They're talking in my ear. Oh, I can't distractions. They're distractions. You can and only I'm do like, one exercise. How can you direct this way? And then you're like, okay, well, that's good. That's fine. Let's move on as long as I'm getting the shots. <laughs> Within a, a day and a half, 
I was out of that chair. Yep. I basically told the ACAM op, I was like, you're going to sit in my chair. I'm going to, you know, operate the camera. Yes, because you so, want to be but in that's touch. my that's my style. But yes, because so you, you, you have to have that relationship with the actors. If it's cold, then how can you ask them right? to do? But also, when you're saying it's like, as an actor, one of the key things for me was... Um, learning what I needed as an actor. So that was an important skill to learn where I was like, okay. Um, Definitely. What does an actor need? What did I need when I was acting? So that I, it's kind of the one of those things where if you're the captain of a hockey team or the captain of a you know, filmmaking team, it's like you want to know what everyone's, what you're asking people to do so that you know how difficult it is or not. So it's, uh, if someone goes, oh, you know, boss, I don't know about that. That's, uh, you know, that's really difficult. You're like, no, I've, I've done that. Yeah. It's very easy. And at the same time, if something's difficult and you've done it and you know it's difficult, you can give someone a little bit more grace to accomplish what you're asking. Yeah. So. Um, just for my own selfish mind, as a, uh, out of curiosity, I've uh, been... I've heard casting directors say, like, actors, when they're auditioning, they, I, I don't think that you should be ignorant to, like, the genre and, st- and the series or movie that you're auditioning for, but they have called for acting, different acting styles in different genres, mm-hmm. and I want I, w- I want to know your thoughts on that do you think that like when you're because you've obviously casted a lot of your films, so when actors show up and they're, you know, acting maybe too authentically for a rom-com movie Mm -hmm. would you be like nah this isn't the style a little down the barrel insight for you actors (laughs) um okay first off for actors in general it is very difficult to book anything yeah bars um, facts one one of the things brigitte and i don't go through a casting um director we we generally cast everything ourselves so I don't see all the tapes, but Brigitte sees all the tapes. So she'll have her picks, and then, um, which is what a casting you know, director does, and then I'll take a look at them. So much of getting booked um, relies on factors that you have no control over. Yes, fair. Right? Like look. So if you could have a great read, but if the lead is a blonde. Yep. And, for sure. You know, like, it's yeah. just like, you're kind of out of the running because we want to look at a various, you know, different faces, different looks, all that stuff. Right. And at this budget level, you know, uh, budget level, I'm talking about, you know, under a million, you know, back in the day, you get a $10 million project. They're going to dye your hair. They're going to do you break. a bunch of Wig stuff. You or there's whatever. opportunity there's, for a little expansion. Exactly. <laughs> right. But there's so much that goes into casting these where it's like, okay, it's very, okay, your lead is this, so best friend is this, and, you know, your lead uh, guy is this, so best friend is this, and yeah, and whatnot. Um, if I see someone who gives a great read, I'll keep that person in the back of my head yes. to potentially, if they're not right for this part, for something else. Yes. That's it, always what you should try to hit as an actor. Just make this person know that you're a killer. Absolutely. <laughs> and then also, like, depending on, like, Brigitte will come to me, like, you really have to see this person. And their, you know, her exact words would be, 
they're not right for this part, mm. but just take a look. Mm. And you're like, okay, yeah. And so you start accumulating a list of like mm. people that you know that, that's why I like, you know, I'll just call you. I know the caliber of actor you are. So I'll just be like, Winnie, you don't have to audition. Just come in and just do this part because I know that I see you in that part. Um, and then it's like, so let's say the, you know, you get approval from the casting director and let's say, you know, the director. And then you have to go through the, the network or the distributor to get approval. So it's just like, and then they just, you know, we work in a visual medium and sometimes it's all, I mean, it's all subjective. Mm. So I've, I have been in meetings where someone's like, I just don't like that person. <laughs> I yeah, there's nothing, you know, of substance to why other than I just don't like that person and that person is in a power position to make that call so it reminds you just try to piss the least amount of people <laughs> off in your life like you know right? what? You know what? It's, it's not even it's not even about it's not personal it's, not, it's just it's like not personal. sometimes it's just like i don't like I don't, their i don't want to look at their face for 90 yeah. minutes absolutely yeah yeah you know, for sure it's like we we joke about we've always joked about it, like in yep. high school where people are like oh that person just has a, pa- a, a face, punchable face punchable face yeah. right shout and out troy like, blundell <laughs> i've told him that i was like that is your wheelhouse <laughs> Are like he knows sh- he's got the best space fantastic face. fantastic actor too yeah but you know funny. it's 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 diff it's difficult to book um i think put for every audition put your best foot forward um even if you're not right for the part one of the things that i um that hurts me the most if i, if I ask someone to read and then they choose not to read um that's sometimes it's crazy. Th- that's where it's not, it's not personal. It's just like, well, it was an opportunity. It was an opportunity. Um, I also get that when you get to a certain point where you feel like you've passed that, but going back to but why not have fun, you know, actors and, and, and booking, it's like one of those things where, you know, B and I, we weren't booking, mm. you know, no one was willing to give us an opportunity. So we, made an opportunity for ourselves yeah and with that first movie it's like with medium raw i mean we were told i can't direct um she can't star in it you know we can't do all of this stuff and fuck you watch and me. we did and proceeded to lose one hundred and eighty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. um but you know we did it right and you maybe, maybe oh, f- bro maybe, that maybe, just made me stomach sick a little may, bit no that no yeah. no it's a cheap tuition like, what I do you had do? tuition as well. What do you do <laughs> so, after that? You proceeded to lose $180,000? Pretty much, yeah. That you never got back? No. We, um, we worked two jobs each, and we paid off our investors over, I think, seven years. And um, Holy now fuck, not bro. all of that was investor money. We paid the investor money off first. We also borrowed on credit cards. Then we had the credit cards to pay off what, what um, were those jobs if you don't mind me asking or you know how to answer you know how to do it. um well i mean B, were they in B film did, yeah b did um, they were in film a lot of um background work okay you know which is you know good money if you're working consistently and then um i was um i was working at a um do you remember those uh videos that had the uh, girls that were like, call me on the phone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Late night? Yeah. Yeah, I, I shot those. <laughs> oh, I so, love that so much. Um, 
I'm so glad I asked. I love those. I love. So you guys are 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 so humble from the heart because you've been through the trenches. You've taken on the overhead. You fucking hustled to pay it off. You know what it looks like to build the steel, not just design the building. You've actually fucking. Can- from the grubble, that's incredibly impressive and cool that you're still doing it and like wrote it to and the we're top. Still, we're still trying, right? Like so. And you're doing It's though. like the next projects that you know I'm doing, um, you know, I'm, I'm financing those and you know, trying to still do the art that, you know, gets me up in the morning, you know, so. <laughs> so good, man, it's blessings. Sorry, I don't know, you guys. Yeah, know. so, okay, so you, you did that and Wow. We love the struggle. Just like, <laughs> just that's very impressive and like makes sense with how like resilient you are now. Would you say for where you are now, like that feels worth it? I know that's kind of a big, it's big not vulnerable like, question. I, I think that but... was, um, I wouldn't recommend it to <laughs> anyone. Um, you know, my dad, God bless him, he, um, he got a, that was the hard thing was I, this is a large question when yeah. people come to me and say, would you tell yourself, would you tell your young self, knowing what you know now, would you tell your young self, you know, something that would help? And my answer is always no, <laughs> because that blind enthusiasm, the, the not knowing mm-hmm. what's about to, you know, what you're about to go through helps you go through it. Oh, if I, had I to, like that. If, if I had to start over now. I don't know if like knowing how hard it yeah, was. Cause you, yeah, because yeah, because if you were like, no, don't do that one. It it cost you one hundred and eighty thousand dollars. Right. But what it did, what did it give you? I guess also is something to look at. I, I mean, it that again, it, it it was the best schooling. Yeah. You know that that's, you could pay for, and that's how much school long. costs sometimes. <laughs> that's a, a really Ivy League expensive <laughs> doctor school. <laughs> Um, but you so, learned hands-on, and you yeah. got your you got your your nose in the dirt, and and the fact that you guys were able to hustle and pay off your debts in the field, like around film, around production. Also, and I know I from that. someone else who you've worked with before um, that you ended up bringing on as a set designer, they be and then met on. A background set and the reason That's why so she was interested in B was because B was over in the corner waiting. on her laptop waiting to work for background if you've never done background work it's emotionally exhaustive because you wait and then you heard and then you stay and then it's 14 hours later and you're in trying to just get to sleep and you gotta look point. at the the actors who are like got the nice heated tents and the bacon catering and you're over in the, back, <laughs> in the background and it's cold and your shit's on the ground <laughs> You concrete. don't get treated as well. Anyway. Anyways, you, Brigitte was like working away, like working on a set that she was working on. And she's it's a just, star. You guys like, are just like. You guys are both stars. Like she's a star to like. You make be me want to be better. Yeah. It's so good. So, okay, sorry. You can reply We're, to that if you no, want. No, well, well, I guess the thing with one, the the background working on, uh, work on set, it was a, a lot of our. Um, budgets and our pitch packages were created by B on set. And she was like, I'm getting paid. That's right. To be there. That's what, and I can work. Get so those it was jobs. just like, it was, it was fantastic. And you know, I mean, there was plenty of people who were like, what are you working on? And you're like, Oh, we're working on the next movie. And most people would be, you know, to background going, Oh yeah, sure. 
Yes, yeah, that joking. doubtfulness. Just don't even tell. Right, and you're like, okay, well, that that's fine. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, on top of that, the chat line service. I was also a teacher of theory and um, applied storytelling te- techniques at the Toronto Film School for for two years. Oh, um, oh cool! Uh, so wow. that was. Um, you know, that was also. Yeah. So helping. you managed, you're in touch though with the craft maneuvering in those fields. Trying to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like in terms of, you know, like you, you were saying, it's um, going through that. And those were some of the best times and the worst times because you have so much hope and optimism and so much oppor- <laughs> like with more hope and optimism and potential. Mm-hmm the fall <laughs> is so much higher, right? Yeah. Like you climb that ladder oh. yourself, and then if you don't succeed, that hurts. Oh. You know, that's, that's a, hard, a hard fall. And then you, but you, you take that as a learning experience. I've come to the, it's all kind of, the, my, my career, my relationship, the art, it's all connected, right? Because a lot of this, the issue with the arts, you, you probably both know this, is that it requires an audience. Mm-hmm. And an audience is subjective. So you, and specifically our art, mm-hmm. right? I have to make a movie and people have to tell me if they like it or not. Mm. It's, a, it's a business where if no one watches my movie, it's a home video, <laughs> right? So you have to have an audience. Right, so you have to care about the audience. Yeah. But how much can you care? Because if you care too much, then it hurts if they don't like it. You gotta get to know them, and yeah, and then just like hopefully think that they're gonna support you. Like you guys, you guys have managed to garner some pretty good fans. I was resonating with what you're saying. Like when you when you climb a mountain and you fall, or you didn't think what was supposed to happen happens, <laughs> it fucking hurts so much. And that was yeah. me with the world record. We thought we were gonna go viral. We yeah. like, you know, and I invested, you know, I blew all my savings for that and like put everything I had into it. And like when it didn't happen, it was like, oh. But then you realize I've developed this skill and hopefully through your own passion projects you kind of cultivate a little community and you guys have built a nice little absolutely supportive and having some nice relationships now like and then so you guys self-produced something and and that kind of started to brew or how did you cradle because you like walking right into that well well, i mean i think i think because that you're right that's an important part of the business but it's also kind of spiritual creative as well it's it's I guess what I would say is that the art has to be enough for you, mm. right? Like if so you're, and this is also just not in art, but also just in life. Cause I feel like after um, Medium Raw, I was still, you know, maybe it didn't turn out exactly how I wanted to. Maybe I learned more than, you know, uh, I wanted to from that <laughs> project, um, but it kept going. And I, I wanted to do other movies, and it was Country Crush, and it, I, I think it was the, when Night Cries didn't receive the reception that I wanted it to receive, I felt like that had a very detrimental effect on me as a person, okay. not as an artist, because I really did what I wanted to do with Night Cries. Very happy with the art. Same. But the reception was not what I wanted it, and I felt like it was deserved. And that is an issue that if you start thinking that you deserve something, (laughs) 
then that's your downfall. Let's go. The art has to be enough. Yeah. Right? The art has to be enough with Andrew. That's <laughs> the title. Hello. Just the just for other artists out there. Now, this is why this is filmmaking and, and relationship advice, I guess. I'm not sure. <laughs> but at around the same time that I was going through that, um, Batman versus Superman, uh, Batman v Superman came out at the same time. Now, people who know me, I'm a huge Batman, Batman. fan. I've been, you mentioned I was a comic book nerd. Um, it was part of the reason why, I mean, some people have heard this story. At 13 years old, I had read The Dark Knight Returns and I realized that Batman doesn't drink. Yeah. Um, he always fakes it with ginger ale or whatever. And I hadn't, I just had, it hadn't clicked with me. And in high school, when I first started, I would turn down, you know, alcohol. <laughs> and everyone would be like, oh, you're not drinking? And I would come up with some, you know, bullshit reason. Muslim or like, something. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just some like, oh, well, you know, like I, I was drunk. I'm a bad drunk. Or whatever, oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Because it wasn't cool no. to say that, well, I don't drink because Batman doesn't drink. <laughs> it's pretty gangsta if you ask me. The Dark Knight uh, doesn't Now, now I have no issues saying that, right? So this, <laughs> the, these, these archetypal heroes, these stories that, you know, impact our lives. I found it really amazing that when Batman v Superman came out, these, these heroes were still speaking to me. And the, the movie essentially is about this like, concept of the world is not necessarily um, a good place, <laughs> right? It's, it's a hard place to be a good person. Mm. And there's this scene with Kevin Costner and Henry Cavill where Kevin Costner is just telling him how to be a hero in this world. And he basically tells him to make his world small and be the hero to as many people as you can, but not the world, just your world, oh, right? Yeah, nice. And I felt like if I can create art and create a world where my wife is my everything, my wife is my world. Your queen. And then the actors that I deal with, they're my world. And if I can treat everyone within my world super well, and create the art in my world super well, then maybe that's enough. And I'll, I'll tell you, it is. So. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. Well, that's <laughs> impact, yeah, that bro. that makes me tear up. That's fucking impact. That's yeah. not trying to take it all on at once. That's doing what you can from where you are and with what you have and impacting those around you. That is truly, I believe, how you make impact. Because you can't worry about what you can't reach and can't control or no. how it's going to be received. And also the expectations, right? Because you say, I've assembled a team. But also, young Andrew is very upset with that person taking that commercial job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You get I, offended. I, I, I'm offended by that. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone should be committed to the art as me. Right. It happens with, I have a rotating band for a reason. Because yeah. you, like, it's impossible. And, and also, like, one of, I always tell the young people that come to work on my projects is that when I call you and you say, no, I have this project, that's great. I'm happy for you that you're also progressing. Yeah. Um, and but again, it's like it's that concept of like, well, I deserve their loyalty. I deserve this. Mm. If that's your. Yeah, you get in such a. Uh, yeah. Anytime it, that I've gotten into trouble emotionally, like with my emotional stability, it's because I was had an expectation that didn't 
it's come always to about expectation. Fruition. Expectation yeah. fucks you up. It's like if it's not exactly this, then I'm gonna react and <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be a dropping <laughs> vibration. And what that does is it cuts off the universe from the miracle that's over here. You're over here, like it better come exactly the way my <laughs> ego can perceive it. And then it's like no thank you to everything we, else because you just fucking freak abs- out. Absolutely. So I mean, while I was you know, let's say feeling sorry for myself. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Right? Self-pity that you're not getting, um, you know, the Favored. the deserved recognition, right? <laughs> but then, you know, I'm, I'm at Fan Expo. I have fans coming up to me. And, you know, this, you know, this is like, we did Dark Rising 1 in 2006, released in 2007. And I got fans coming up to me and quoting that movie. Let's go! And saying that they're going to get a tattoo of that movie and that it impacted their life. Yes. And I'm like, that's enough. That's enough? That's you know, more and it was enough. just like, it's, it's more than enough. <sighs> and it's like, if I'm always focused on what I'm not Dude. getting, then you're missing the beauty of, you know. Yeah, right, just it's here, loud. just this. Right, right here. Yeah. The abundance so. of the miracle of now. I love that, bro. <laughs> that's so nice. I don't know. It could be full of shit. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's what I hope for half the time. I'm like, I hope I'm full of shit. <laughs> what a nice dream. What yeah. a nice thing to, to clink into. Yeah, how was Fan Expo? You guys were there like last week or something. Well, you've gone there multiple years. Yeah, I mean, Fan Expo is great. Like every, I always say, um, this year, last year we were, we were releasing Rock to Pussy. So yeah. a lot of people were excited about that. And that was the first place that you could buy it. This year we weren't releasing anything new, but it's always great to see the uh, regulars and uh, you know new fans coming out and and talking. I will never turn down the opportunity to go to Fan Expo. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Just yep. everyone like brings their A game. <laughs> it's so yeah, nice absolutely. to see creative yeah. minds all come together and like kind of geek out, and I love that absolutely. the opportunity creates. The poster for Rock to Pussies on his wall. It's so good. Did you design that? I did. What the fucking fuck? This is like crazy that you're so with the design. Like multimedia artists, yes, like that's of course a must these days, but you're like the OG, let me do everything. Like the design of that poster is pure off the wall from like one of the comic book stores I was in growing up and it gives me that same addictive feeling when I got a new Pokemon card or something. <laughs> like it, it's the way it's symmetrically done. And that's just crazy. Honestly, I just love the artwork from the 80s movies. Yes. Try to emulate it as much as possible. And the other thing, too, is like, again, um, in the past, I've found that when you're dealing with the under million dollar budget levels, um, when you h- start hiring other people, they're not going to care about the project as much as you are. Yeah. I Like that poster took me probably two weeks. Yeah. You know, it, and it's like yeah, to pay fuck. someone properly. That's a lot of money to yeah. go. And if you just don't have that, then you have to learn how to do it. And that's just, you know, get your skills. Situation. I'm Are learning you, new skills right and, now. And the it's thing is, fucking it's, hard. It, but I'm it, forcing you to edit this right now, Winnie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know what? It is easier now with YouTube available, like to learn. Yeah, um, yeah it is. Uh, and because you know, when we started out, it was very much like... I can't even imagine. Yeah. Like, now you just have to be willing. At that point, you had to source the information. <laughs> and, and yeah, or ask someone, hey, do you know how to do this? Yeah. And, you know, try to learn that way. Yeah. So... Um, what's the last movie that you watched? Honestly, I just watched uh, Mad Max Fury Road um, yesterday. Nice. That was the obviously not your first time. No, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, you've... I built a movie theater because I love um, 
movies. It's so fucking and, cool. And, the and, hallway and, down and it, and you have the now playing posters. posters yeah, it's and, so cool. It's, it's just I realized after COVID how much I missed um, going to the movies, yeah, and I was like, yeah. that's never gonna happen again yeah. because a lot of the times you're watching these movies. I know when I mix the movies, it's supposed to be heard in five one surround sound, and yeah. there's an art to that. And you do the audio mixing in the movies too. Um, I, you know, no. You direct. I, I, I supervise yeah, it. But yeah, like supervise. we, uh, George Flores, um, my sound designer, he's fantastic. So and good. we always, you know, mix it in his sound studio. And I want you to hear it that way. Yeah. And I want to hear what other people have done that way. Yeah. And so it's so it's important to me. Um, the art is important to me. And always soaking up craft like that as you're watching it. Same with me when I'm listening to a song. I'm like, oh, those hi-hats are tuned. Like, you know what I mean? You'll like yeah. zone in. Um, I wanted to explore something real quick sure. uh, before we wrap up. It's kind of like where we are now, where you are now. You have this kind of beautiful mixed agenda I kind of see. You like passion project, like rock to pussy. I love it. Like, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? You like, and, and then you do, you're kind of locked in in a way you're, you've done some really nice, clean Christmas by chance, like Hallmark-esque kind of like movies, mm -hmm. you know? How did that happen? How did you guys ride all that grubble through your early stages and learning it into this nice partnership where you deliver these like, like pristine looking, beautiful stories uh, and then you kind of venture into your own, balancing that, because that is a sweet spot to be, but also I know requires some agendaing and planning and. Well, I mean, the passion projects, you know, cost money, Yeah. right? Like that's just, it, it's, if no one is willing to take a risk on my crazy ideas, except for my wife, then it <laughs> turns out that, you know, those crazy ideas will have to be made by us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. Thankfully, there hasn't been a project that I've wanted to do where B has, you know, said to me, no. She's always been like, yeah, let's do it. Like, that sounds crazy. Let's do it. Because she loves creating um, with you. Uh, yeah. I mean, from the start, that's what, you know, when we first met, she was like, you write a script, I'll produce it. And that was the start where it's like, okay, she's going to learn how to produce. What a deal. And, uh, you know, that's where we're at now, you know, ni 20 years later, because we, were, we weren't married when she said that. Um <laughs> And, uh, you know, like it's a similar skill set. I find that the passion projects, they're more difficult to make because they're generally pushing certain boundaries, whether, you know, technically or creatively. Mm -hmm. um, even, you know, directing, acting wise, it's, it's different. Um, How but, so? Um, they generally more intense. Yeah. Right. So it's like you can, you can push an actor a little further. Um, but you know what the thing is, is, those so much of filmmaking again is the team i mm. love the team i love working with a team and like those i always say i was like you have a christmas movie with corgi puppies right how can you go to set and be miserable <laughs> like, i just don't understand it it's christmas all the time and there's it's cute beautiful. puppies right so and cool you know, people around like you have a cool crew yeah and we and we definitely try to keep the the vibe very like on the last project, um, there was someone who made a mistake and was worried that Brigitte was going to yell at her for the mistake. And, and you know, B's like... Have I ever never. given yeah. you any never reason for that reaction? reaction? Uh, correct, yeah. right? Never. But like that made me kind of think that, oh, that actually happens. Right? Yeah, Not doesn't happen. It doesn't happen on our sets, but it, it does probably happen. I've in, seen it happen. You know? Um, so we try to keep it in a, 
you know, a, a, loving, a loving, you know, positive. Because it's so much fun. We're making a movie. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone it's, wants to like contribute. It I feels. love it so much. But it's also like I think that it's learned. Like the the behavior creating that world is learned. It comes right? from the center energy yeah. too. You guys are being it, and it makes you want to work more and give and push more when you see you mm -hmm. know be helping with costumes and you know you like it's just everyone's engaged and it's so beautiful i, I will say this if we didn't have to do it all <laughs> <laughs> morale we, might drop <laughs> we we would gladly uh not i think uh, at this stage all right noted. um you know just because it is you know, you, you get older and you, you know, I mean, I slipped a disc on my, you know, a very corgi Christmas was fantastic, <laughs> but I slipped a disc in my back that put me in traction pretty much for two years. I didn't stop working, but I had to wear a back brace. Bro, what? Um, it was just lifting something heavy in the cold without stretching, you know, and I didn't know it was slipped until, you know, after it All didn't right, start hurting for two months after, I guess it happened. I just heard the pop. Oh. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where, Jesus you know, you, you start to go, okay, well, part of Rock the Pussy was like, I don't know how much time I left, have left to yeah. do those kind of movies where, you know, you can actually take some crazy idea and put it all on your back. My back just might not hold, <laughs> yeah. hold up yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. You got um, a big sword at the end of that movie. Yeah. Where yeah. that night helmet. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, um, you know, the, uh, the thing is, is that you just, you try to... Um, create an atmosphere that is conducive to the creative process and also realize that you are um, making a movie. And this was something that was very hard to learn that the majority of people, I don't know if you guys had DVDs. <laughs> I know you guys. We yeah, did. yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. I, I had yeah. VHSs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, I remember this and I was like, I didn't know why it didn't apply to me it was you would put a movie and you would watch it and then you would, finish it and go, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> and the majority of movies and reaction to it is that. That was your Fuck. impact on their life. And that's why sometimes it's so rewarding and rare that you get, you know, those couple glimpses where it really impacts yeah. you. And that's, you know, you take, you know, whatever that you can, you can get from it. And mm. realizing that if that's the end result, don't make people feel bad. Ugh. Right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's we're making movies. Enjoy the day. Yeah, it's totally. so, it's so fun. I want to do it all the time. All the time. <laughs> I, 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 never I think that's stop. part of the reason, right? Like, I, I was gonna ask you, I like, never you stop. exactly. So there's just nothing else that you you are gonna do. No. <laughs> I mean, I like, right now. No, like I like to create. So it's like if I'm not um, if I'm not uh, working on movies. Like we just finished Super Isoclone and my boss's wedding too. So back to back. So I've basically been shooting and then in the editing for both and then the color grade and the VFX. So I've now just finished Super Isoclone. I'm about to finish my boss's wedding too. And now there'll be a hole in my life, <laughs> you know? Now that hole is usually fed, uh, filled up with like, you know, just mowing my lawn. And well, you do a lot building. of work on your home. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, it's always, home. always working, always building, trying to, um, you know, I think it's important to get outside to, you know, um, do what makes you happy and, and also planning the next one. So, yes. um, and hopefully 
like Christmas by Chance. That happened right at COVID. Remember, yeah, we got shut down. For that was so epic. one what day of shooting. Ride. One day of shooting, and but it got Ralph on set. So yeah, yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was magic how that worked out. It did. Ralph oh, yeah. was amazing. Uh, after after the rest of the time, the first day was a little rough. <laughs> he was just. We excited. were a little nervous after that first day. Yeah, there was that one. A lot of pulling. It was so cold. I know. And he looked miserable. <laughs> Like, it, if I showed you all of the raw footage, you know what? this he is has... where the editing, like, really uh, is important. He has a resting so sad worried. face he does, as, he, he? as he gets, like, a little bit. Like, he, he has just... this happiest smile, but, like, his resting He's face like... is just, like, so concerned. That, that moment where he looks up at Winnie, in the, that's in the movie, is the only second, second yeah. of that entire shoot day where Ralphie was, did not look like he was miserable in the cold. He was so confused. <laughs> um, it was just crazy, but he got the hang of it though, didn't he? Oh, for sure. He? Yeah. Like for by sure. the time we came back and it was warmer. Yeah. It was summer when we came back. Like I was so actually like grateful we had the opportunity to like put him through that process because like he fell into it a couple times. Absolutely. Like and it was. There were scenes where it when he and Jacob were playing off each other. Yeah. I was like, that's magic. That was and so you were, good. You, you saw it because you're on set looking at and it's just like, oh yeah, we got it. That's great. I wish every dog were like Ralphie. <laughs> yeah. I've worked with a couple other pets since then. Oh, wow. And uh, Ral know, Ralphie you, spoiled us. Yeah. Uh, he's a Unless good, you have like boy. a film trained dog. Uh, Even then, Winnie. Really? <laughs> oh, okay. But sometimes it's just like, because we've, we've used film trained dogs right. they're not that trained yeah. they're still just dogs yeah. ralph i'm lucky because he has the jack russell ability to just have so much energy yeah. and you're just like hey, hey focus here and then like we tried to treat things and it got a little cracky um but it was cool for me and him to find like a spiritual process where it's like you stay there i'll stay here and like go ahead and have this moment and then come back and listen to me after it was I, I think one of my favorite moments in that movie celeste is is yelling at uh, yelling in the office in the office oh arguing uh, <laughs> arguing with jacob and um she leaves and she kind of says this flippant remark is like and why is the dog still here and she leaves and ralphie just gives this look like <laughs> who and is then this? yeah like and then comes back to jacob like <laughs> And it gives Jacob the moment to just be like, I don't know. <laughs> and it's just, it was just so a great good. moment when I saw that. I was like, oh, Ralphie's, a, Ralphie's great. But best. that movie in general was, so fun. was, um, was magical. It was blessed, well. yeah. yeah. It was very magical for uh, so a lot cool. of people. Um, yeah. Dude. Andrew, where can we find you? You're so great. You can't find me anymore. All right. <laughs> Respect. I'm, I'm in the forest. Let uh, him mow his lawn, Wayne. Get out of here. Uh, you mean like on social? Yeah. Just on Instagram. That's at Twitter at my name, Andrew Simic. Cool. We'll put public. those links um, below. But I don't actually post all that much. Um, but if you guys have questions, you can feel free to reach out and I, I will answer uh, any questions that are given. Oh man, we about anything or just film related? Well, no, I'll, 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 I'll decide. Eight inches. I'll decide. Eight inches. You know? so, um, I still look forward. And to because seeing... we talked about Rock to Fuzzy so much, and for our friends in the states, you can it's available uh, streaming somewhere in the states, right? Yeah, it's available on Tubi. Okay, yeah. and Night Cries, right? Uh, Night Cries is available in Canada in on Tubi. So I'm not sure if it's available in the states yet. It might be. I'm not sure. Okay, well, Christmas I'm in. I'm I'm in Rock to Pussy, so yeah. go watch that. And it's watch that so one. good. Like you and it me, is so like, good. Oh I'm God, really proud so of that fun. film. It's funny as fuck. Yeah. Um, I'm so looking forward to seeing what the future holds for you. What you're doing. 
And I'm maybe just, we can have like in like six months we can have you and be on. Oh my god, a, an update app. About four hours. Of- <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, that would be amazing. Um, yeah, man, bless. Thank you for blessing us. Thank, Thank you for, you coming for on. your time. So beautiful and fulfilling. Subscribe, tell a friend, share this screen screen cap a bit that inspired you, and tag us all on it. That'd be fine with me. Cool. Okay, love you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> discipline stoners. Oh, What's your discipline? You a stoner? That's cool. So are we. I'm high a lot. It's weird to finally say that with pride. I'm high a lot. Being high has helped me with my anxiety. It's helped my social skills. Well, it's helped me feel okay about my shitty social skills. It doesn't make my social skills better, but it sure does make sitting in that awkward moment in a social interaction a lot more bearable. You know, that moment where no one in the group has anything left to say, and you desperately want to yell at all of them to just say something? Being high makes that hilarious and not torture. Yo, it's 11 from Anger Town. Chill out. Found focus. Found confidence. All of a sudden, I was productive. Less protective. More progressive. Yeah, we talk about stuff like I'm a next sommelier. But this is about a medicine, baby. We wish everyone a mindful life. It's been a helpful tool for us. Whatever the route to peace. Love and light. Welcome to Discipline Stoners Podcast with your host Eleven. And my name is Winnie. And we are the gateway drug to mindfulness. And that's Ralph. Bro, what you know about a couple levels up when I move and I go. Text my friend back. I was like, bro, where'd you get that burrito? It looks good. Did you, and I am 35 today, so you know. No, hold on, hold on though. Did you know that post 35 pregnancies are called geriatric pregnancies at the hospital? Did you know that shit? They know how to make you feel good about your life choices. Holy. Um, And I was talking to someone recently, and I just want you to know before I continue this story that this person does not know how old I am, so take it easy on him. But we were talking about having babies, and he's like, yeah, uh, the wife's turning 33 this year, so we're going to have to make some decisions soon because post-35, you don't know what you're going to (laughs) get. Could be broken, or even worse, you might not get one at all because time's up. He looked at his watch. He's like, because time's up. It's men's way of time's upping women, I think. Time's up! You are donezo! You can go wither away. So, you know, I I guess I could say I'm feeling a little bit of anxiety about turning the big three five. I miss when I was 25 and I was like, aging is such a gift, you know? (laughs) Fuck. Um... 
But I have done something that I think societally um, people would think is impressive. I've been in a relationship for 15 years. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, my husband and I are, um, we're kind of like in a race right now, like, um, a ki like a competition between one another. It's the race to enlightenment. Yeah, because we're very spiritual people. How long? How long? Everybody together. One day we're gonna do a collage of all the times like a brilliant person has said like it's medicine. Cannabis is a gift from Mother Earth. Cannabis helped to heal me. Those natural medicines that we use to help to heal us, and of course they have this euphoric effect or can. It's an alternate natural way of healing, <laughs> and I just think it's so beneficial and there's so many good properties to weed. I mean, that's the only difference in my life is I've added cannabis. The amount I've changed and the way our family has evolved and our relationships with my adult sons and everything, mm. like just all through cannabis has been, it's been amazing. It's part of my life, like you said, you really can't separate me and uh, the cannabis plant. I use it medically. Yes. I have fibromyalgia, diagnosed with fibro very, very young, and I use um, cannabis to treat my fibro very effect effectively. It was through um, an event that caused her major anxiety that I got her to take a few puffs. Yeah. And it, it helped. Yeah. Right? So, so you know, from being up here, to being able to cope. You know, we've got naturopathic medicine and natural health products that rely on hundreds of years of traditional use. Yes. Which, you know, both cannabis and mushrooms technically fall under. Yes. If you can keep it at that sweet spot and it's in a healthy way, I yeah. feel like that's... Yeah. that's <clears throat> It's, it's medicine. Yeah, I think it's, it's medicine. You, you have to like yeah. check in with your life That's and be like, it felt like it complimented my personality. Yeah. Almost. Good answer. It's okay to use cannabis as their medicine. Mm -hmm. They no longer deserve to be in classrooms and hear that they're using drugs mm. and they're bad when this is medicine that is saving their lives. Yes. I mean, I would never put anything on the market that I wouldn't give to my mom or my grandfather. Those strains are fantastic for pain management, nausea. This helps like oh. with pain management. And I feel fantastic. Like, like I feel great. Um, do I attribute it to cannabis and cannabis oil? Absolutely I do. Relationship to cannabis right now is um, beautiful, growing, uh, most probably everlasting. I think this is medicine. Dude. 120 percent i've got add and i i use cannabis to help kind of focus me in and kind of turn things off like it very much is medicine it was medicinal for me it was it was like taking a medicine because it that's how it worked